at whatever time it, it might be. My name is Jay Z Smooth, and thank you for, for, for tuning in to another episode of the Chubb Show podcast here on the on the on the Um, again, you know, uh, I know I missed the episode last week. I was really looking forward to the episode last week, but yours truly caught caught a cold and did not was not sounding the best. So. Uh, but uh, I'm better now, and we are back and ready to to discuss some some Bronco football now. Uh, before I dive into this here, I, I do have a few shoutouts here. I want to get out the way. Uh, first, um, the first thing I, I want I, w- I want to address here is uh, UCL player Derek Loxident. Um, Derek, Derek Loxident, you I'm sure you've heard by now, but uh, Derek, uh, unfortunately lost his foot in a train accident um so uh you know that that's something that you never want want to have happen so uh all all, our prayers and thoughts with Derek and and, and his family um on a lighter note um former UCO standout Josh Crockett made the practice squad of the Kansas City Chiefs um I'm 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 happy for uh for Josh, uh, Josh is a great guy. I, I had the honor of talking to him a few times, and um, definitely is down to earth guy. A, a a great talent. Um, you know, uh, I mentioned his his story in the in the first show show podcast. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to just ho- hopefully him sticking in uh in the in the league for 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 some time, and um, finally. Uh, Former UCO basketball center Jake Jake Hammond signed with the highest league in the Mexican Basketball Association. So I'm I'm glad for Jake. Uh, I, I talked to Jake. I had a class with Jake. Um, Jake is a uh, very quiet, 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 quiet guy. But you know Jake, Jake you know six ten guy. Um, not the best offensive player you you ever seen. Definitely not the best free throw shooter you've ever seen, but good defensive player. I, I believe he's top five all time in blocks and rebounds for UCO. So, uh, you know, shout, shout, you know, uh, uh, shout out to uh, those guys right there. You know, they help him put UCO on the map. Now, uh, to jump into some football here, um, you know, the. Uh, the the pitch day game the uh, season the the season opener uh, it, it was rough uh, there's no other way to, to put that um, it was just rough uh, um, you know I, I watched it uh, online I paid the uh, ten dollars to see that but and you know there were positives uh, in that game uh, defensively was great uh, you know outside of the first drive you know the the, the defense was the main reason why. UCO was 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 in that game uh, until the until the very end. Uh, UCO held Pitt State, I believe, on a 340 yards of offense. Uh, they 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 did a great job of uh, stopping the option. Uh, you know, I, I was definitely pleased uh, by that. They they they, they really came, they they came out with some with some uh, with, with some with some some fire. They they came out. Play technically sound football, and, and and that's what needed to happen uh, because the offense was uh, was awful. Just, just gonna be honest with you, the offense was terrible. Um, 
there was not a three cubic system. Uh, I was kind of saddened by that. It, it was the Keats Calhoun show, and and, and Keats uh, was a guy that I missed a spring because of a weight room injury, and, and I was under the impression that Will Collins had you know, had impressed, but uh, you know that when when the game started, out trots Keats and. The only other QB to play was Chandler Garrett in his wild rock formation, so it was like it was the Kids Calhoun so and Keats, um given the blocking that he had, that was horrible. And given the lack of a run game, uh Keats the business could do. You know, Keats actually led you to the rushing because the best play all night was a quarterback draw on the ground game. Uh, the, th- the, the the three backs that played uh, Justin Curry, uh, Bruce White, and um, Bruce White and uh, Clay McKenzie. My bad, sorry. Uh, Clay McKenzie combined for twenty three yards. Um, that's not good. That 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 was definitely not good. And then receiving wise. The receiving core was equally as bad. Um, Elliot Curry had the had the, had, the, had the only touchdown, and that is because it was a rare play where um, they decided to try to jam him at the uh, line. But we you know Curry, being the big physical guy that that he that he is, was able to get off of that, and then simply burn 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 the corner who was one on one, and Keats somehow had time, and 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 it was a beautiful play. Um, and again, you still had, had had two chances late you know, in that game. Uh, the, the defense had four turnover, and you still went, went and three and out. And then the defense forced another stop, and then you on the final drive ended up ended up throwing a pick with like a few seconds to go in the game and lose twenty one to seven. So. Uh, you know, again, there were things in that game that I liked, but I was like, hey, you know, now we have something on film here. We know what we can work on, and there are some positives that, that, that you could take away from that. And I was thinking, you know, you return home Thursday in a home opener against Nebraska Curry. You know, you're opening the new Performance Center, which is really nice, by the way. It's a really nice Performance Center. They got weight rooms, nutrition rooms, training rooms, locker rooms, uh, you know, film rooms, and it, it, the, the whole nine. It, it, is, it, is, it is great. Um, but I, I was looking forward to, you know, to actually going to the to the Kearney game and was all set on doing so until it decided to rain cats and dogs about two or three hours before kickoff uh, to the point where I was concerned even if they were going to play that game. Uh, and traffic was bad, so I, again, I, I spent my $10 and watched it on the uh, MIAA website. And um, what I saw was... was not gonna lie to you here was disappointing. It was it was disappointing because I thought uh, they were going to come away with with the win against Kearney, and instead they came away with a 31 to 27 loss to Kearney. Uh, now I'm not gonna say no. You know, 27 points scored is definitely definitely an improvement because you see, I believe didn't even have 250 yards of offense against Pitt State. It took uh, it took a whole half for you to cross the 50-yard line. Now, uh, against Kearney, uh, they had 381 yards. 
uh, and Keats, uh, Keats, to his credit, with some better blocking, uh, went 21 to 30 for 236 yards and one touchdown. Now again, Keats here, Keats is a guy, and I, 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 I don't know who to compare him to yet. Now it's only been two games, but Keats has an uncanny ability to where if you look, if you just look at Keats, and I saw him last year just around campus. One of the most unassuming guys. Yeah, like, so this is the ultimate pastor in Oklahoma high school history. This guy, just very unassuming, tall, lanky, really looks completely unathletic. Uh, but then you see him on the field, and this man is just dodging sacks here like he's Houdini or somebody. I mean, Keats is not the faster. No, I wouldn't say Keats is elusive. I just think Keats. He's just he's just a baller. I don't I don't know how else to say it. You know, like I I, I don't know how else to say it other than Keats is just a football player. Uh, Keats the the awareness on Keats is off the charts, especially with somebody that really hasn't seen a whole lot of accident in the past. You know, two three seasons. Uh, you 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 couldn't uh, you you couldn't tell. I mean, Keats is. Keith is a guy, like I was telling people earlier today, Keith is a guy that if, if the line can come together and the receiving core decides to show up, Keith is a guy that I, I know that UCL can win with. I have no doubt in my mind that Keats can lead UCL to victories. I have no doubt, but it's going to take some help because, again, Keats was the uh, second leading rusher uh, on the day with 36 yards. And that, that's, again, the ground game again was tough selling. Now, um, this time, the same three backs, Curry, White, and McKenzie, combined for 43 yards. So while you did show a 20-yard improvement, you still, the second game in a row where you, all three backs couldn't even muster up 50 yards. Now, you still, as a team, Somehow had 123 rushing yards. Now I, I don't know how we got to, to that total. I didn't look too much in, in, into that. Uh, I know we did. I know I'm pretty sure most of that actually came on jet sweeps to uh, Dustin Boss. Now Dustin Boss, uh, this got to be a tough game for Dustin Boss. And I'm gonna tell you why it was a tough game for Dustin Boss. Now Dustin Boss had a career day. 11 catches for 136 yards. Literally, like, what was was the man? He he, he was the man. Uh, every time we needed that, you needed a play. We went to Dustin Boss. Now, you're saying why was it why was it a bad day? Because Dustin Boss had two crucial drops that that I don't want to cost you see this game because there were a lot of things that cost you see this game. But had he made these two catches, UCO may have won this game. Uh, the, fir- the first one was uh, uh, on a third and goal, Keats, uh, again, did his best just uh, an impression, escaped several sacks, uh, rolled out uh, on the run, delivered a pass right in Dustin Boss' chest, and it appeared that he had it, and then he gets drilled, and I mean drilled from behind, and, and cannot... Catch them, catch the ball, and UCO has settled for for a field goal. Now, that's four points that were lost there. Now, mind you, it was a four-point game. So you're thinking, at worst, if you hit that touchdown, they would have tied and went to overtime. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, it, it happens. Uh, that, that's fine. Now, Dusty Moss can continue to have a strong game until the final drive. Now, now before I uh, talk about Dustin Boss play, it was the play before the fourth down play. Now, third down, now, mind you here, final minutes of the game, you still needing a touchdown because a field goal is not going to do any good. Needing a touchdown has had a beautiful drive going. Then on third down, which to me was a great play call, they, they call a quarterback draw, and the hole was there. Like the, the, the hole was there. I had in my mind that it had it been executed properly, Keith should have gotten that first down, and it would never. And what would happen next would never have had to happen. But unfortunately, Tyler Stillwell uh, completely whiffed on his. Uh, whiffed on the block. I mean, completely whiffed on the block. I don't know. He might have got part of the guy's shoulder, but allowed the tackle to pretty much tackle Keats after after like a one-yard gain. And it definitely was deflating because they had it set up nicely. And I'm telling you, there was there was a hole. There was a hole that you could driven a truck through. And unfortunately, Keats could not get through it because Thomas Stillwell said to miss, to miss the block. Okay, fine. It's fourth now. Okay? Again, you're thinking, hey, you know what? Keats has got this. And Keats almost didn't have that because Dustin Boss was running wide open and he threw it to him, but number 18 for Curry. I don't know who this dude is. I'm sure they, they, they should have given him at a stake after the game because he went over from his, from, from, from his other man. He, he, he read the play. He jumped in front of the ball. Now, he could have picked it off, but it went through his hands. Now, it went through that what this was was Dustin Boss was streaking down uh down the field 18 comes and jumps it from I believe the right side. So he so he 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 jumps it, he has two hands on the ball, but the ball goes through his hands. Now Dustin Boss seeing this is trying to stop and come back. Well Dustin Boss is too far going too far down the field for him to completely stop and turn around so his only option is to reach for the ball now we know when you reach for the ball it's hard to bring it in especially you know like a, a, a wobbly ball like that so, so you know Dustin Ball all five nine of him reached out for it the ball was in his hands it, it was in his hands but as he as he tried to pull it in he couldn't grip it and and it fell to the ground and complete and Kearney took took a, a couple of a couple a couple of knees and, and and won the game and I have to say it was deflating. You definitely felt bad for Dustin Boss on that one because, you know, the first one was definitely Dustin Boss' fault. I, I, I you have to make. I know you got drilled, but as a receiver, you have to make that catch. The fourth down one, I'm not gonna put that on Boss so much because he he was caught in a tough situation where he had to try to make a play on a ball where he wasn't in the best position to. Uh, to uh, do so, so you know, it, it's 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 one of those things where it was just a tough loss. I mean, but it should should, should not have been a loss because, again, you still set up for two field goals when it's had touchdowns. Um, defensively, 
took 50 steps back. Uh, unless I didn't lie to you, he gave 450 yards, uh, 284 on the ground at five and a half yards carry. Now, you know, you're thinking, okay, well, you, you know, maybe, maybe create a better offense. Currently ran the same exact offense that Pitt State ran. But, uh, you know, as, as my dad pointed out, it, it, watching that game, UCLA's defense came out extremely flat. Like, there was there was no life. It was the opposite of Pitt, where they were tripping around. You could tell they were fired up. The only person that I saw on that defense that was fired up was Trey Wormington. And Trey Wormington came in there, and Trey did a heck, heck of a job. Now, why he wasn't in there more, I do not know. The rest of that defense... Uh, was not fired up at all. It, like they, they, they just had no emotion at, at, at all. They, there was no fire. There was nothing. And and then they hesitated to where if you watch that pitch state game, you know they they were they were making tackles. They were initiating contact. They they were getting all blocked. I saw none of that in this Kearney game. Uh, I saw Kearney at will essentially just march. Right on down the down the field, like it's like it was nothing. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm just saying. I mean, Kearney Kearney threw okay. Um, you know, Kearney threw for 166 yards. There were six of eight passing. Okay, because all Kearney did, and, and, and Kearney was smart here because Kearney Kearney did what I wish the Dallas Cowboys uh, could have done, and and for, and for more on that. Uh, you can listen to the fourth and long podcast. I go very, very in depth, in depth about that. Was they did a good job of of setting the pass up with the run, and by, and by that I mean it's not one of these where run, 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 pass. No, I'm talking about Kearney uh, runs the spread option, so similar to what Oregon ran under Chip Kelly, what what what, uh, what Auburn ran with. Uh, Cam Newton and Nick Marshall with Virginia ran with Pat White. My point is you kind of get the idea. Uh, They did an immaculate job, I would say, of executing the fake. Uh, As in, they would fake it like they're running a standard spread option play and the QB would stop. And every time he threw it, they were wide open. Wide open. Uh... You know, uh, Trey Lansman had three catches for, for 78 yards. Uh, Luke Quinn had two catches for, for for 50 yards. And Dylan, I hope I'm not, but I hope I'm not going to butcher your name too bad here, Dylan. Uh, Rep had one catch for 38 for 38 yards and one touchdown. It, it really affected the pass game, and it, and it did a good job of not going to the well. Too often, they they kind of spaced it out. You know, they they would they would they would, they'd run it a fair amount of time, and then just bam, just 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 hit you with that, and, and it was really as really effective play calling. I really like what what, what Kearney, Kearney did because Kearney went in there, and Kearney did what pitch they couldn't do, and that was establish the line of scrimmage. Uh, it, I, you definitely can say Kearney went went that line of scrimmage right there. Um, you know they 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 were able to get player 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 players involved. Uh, they had two players with uh ten plus carries, and then they had another player with about uh eight uh eight carries. You know um, you know it it, it was one of those where you know you just again 
you shall never seem out of the game, but you shall should should have won that game. It, it just it just it, it just felt like I don't know if it was the if it was the rain if it, if it was the rain I I don't know but I, I the energy just didn't seem like it was there. It, it did seem like it was there, especially uh, on defense. Now offensively, uh, they have more life. Uh, Chandler Chandler Garrett had two impressive touchdown runs. Uh, and you know the the, the 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 offense at times seemed to have emotion, but it wasn't there consistently. And so you know that's you know I, I, it's one of those where they they definitely have to have have to improve on that. Um, you know, uh, but on the bright side, um, on on defense, uh, they did have signals for loss. And they didn't allow 100 rush. Now I believe one of the dudes from Kearney had like 96 yards, so close. But but still, so e- even as bad as the defense played, um, you know, the the still the still there still were there still were some positives. Now uh, another thing of concern, I, I don't know what the status of Carson Smith is, the uh, All Conference nose guard, but he has not played yet this season. So I'm, I know he was banged up in the spring because they held him out. Now I'm assuming it is it, still whatever injury it was uh, must still be affecting him because again he has yet to play. And then uh, Alex figure figure Figueroa, the Miami tra- uh, the Miami. Um, transfer uh, another guy who should be in the NFL camp uh, only had one tackle and and missed quite a bit of the of the second and third quarter. Now I don't know if he was hurt. I I, I don't know what the deal was because uh, they they played a lot of a lot of Langston Hughes, the former walk on, uh, in his uh, in, in in his spot. So I'm not sure what the issue was with that. Again, I was not there, so I was not able to. Ask coach personally uh, a- a- after the uh, after the game these questions, but um, th- 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 those are those are two key guys though because again Carson Carson Smith while not maybe you know making noise in the in the uh, stat sheet though uh, Carson Smith definitely affects the game. I mean you know we we, we, we you're talking about a three hundred pound nose guard here, you know, that it, that's that's tough to move out. You know, I mean uh, Carson is, is strong, he's stout. So, you know, that that definitely hurt because you show shuffled in about four or five different uh, uh, tackles in there and none of them really did anything. So, you know, that that's a that that's definitely a loss that was felt. Um and then, you know, now, as I mentioned earlier in the show with Derek Loxonich, uh, you know, he ha- he had nine tackles. He was actually leading the leading the team with fifteen tackles. And so now, you know, your leading tackler is gone, uh, and he was also your starting strong strong safety. So, you know, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be Addison Staggs back there. I like to think the uh, sixth year senior from uh, Westmore. I like to think that Addison Staggs would be starting, but again, I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. But you know, that's 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 another blow to 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 a defense here that that took some steps back. Now, um. You know, uh, against against Lindenwood uh, the, uh, on uh, Saturday, 
they have a chance to uh, redeem themselves. And and I advise that they, that they do redeem themselves because uh, in a couple of weeks they played Northwest Missouri State, who who as I mentioned in the first Chosho podcast, uh, is the Alabama of Division Two. Now they didn't win a championship last year, but they're still a darn good football team. So you know it, it's imperative that UCO not only get a win, but um, that they they that they don't take take steps back. Like we, we, you can't have the defense next week. I mean this week against against Lindenwood, uh, you know, take steps forward and then your offense takes steps back. No, that that, that, that that's not gonna win you games. That's, that's gonna just make losses even more frustrating. And then offensively for UCO, the receiving core you get they gotta step up right now. I mean, they there's the only receivers that I've seen throughout two games is Elliot Curry uh, and, and Dustin Box, and those are the two we knew about. But the third, the third guy, has done nothing. Now I mentioned in the first podcast that I was high on several guys because, again, in that inner squad scrimmage, they were looking decent. These guys have done nothing. Okay. Ronald Turner Jr., the UAB transfer, the man that had nine offers out of Juco, six four. I, bro, where, where are you? Where are you, man? It is nowhere to be, nowhere to be found. You have uh, Ronald Monroe, another Juco guy, has done nothing. You have uh, Mikhail Hall. Okay, then Mikhail Hall's a guy that Bobek has raved about since he signed him. Mikhail Hall has one catch in two games, and none of these guys have been the third option that UCO desperately needs right now because, because with having to keep the H-backs in the block because of the line struggles, it is even more imperative that that third receiver... Uh, show up because you need that other option because right now that they're having they're having to keep to keep the backs in and they're having to keep the eight backs in and that's a darn shame because Daxton Williams at uh, 6'3", 265 pounds is a legitimate receiving threat. I, 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 Daxton Williams has has more capable hands right now, but they need his hands more for blocking than they, they need for catching. So it is imperative that a third receiver, that a third receiver needs to emerge quickly because if not, it's going to be it's going to be a long season because you know. You can you can double team Curry, so that that leaves Dustin Boss, which again is, is is great. But you know, Dustin Boss can't be your only go-to guy. You're talking about a man that's been dinged up the past couple of a couple of seasons, and that was as the third option. Now you're talking about that, that Dustin Boss now. Right now is the second option, but last week was the first option. So we're talking about a guy that that's five nine. Five nine, maybe a buck eighty. You know, I mean, you're asking a lot on the guy here, and I just think you need you need that third receiver. So that's definitely some uh, some some things I'm definitely uh, looking forward to uh, to uh, seeing uh, against Lindenwood. Now, now on to to. Um, Lindenwood. Now, the, I think it's the winnable game here. Now, I said this. I said this against. I thought Kearney would be a winnable game, but Lindenwood. Okay, uh, I'm going to tell you the score, and you're gonna say, okay, well, how is this winnable game? I'm going to explain. Lindenwood beat Missouri Southern 51 to, to 13. 
that now you look at that saying, hey, that that's a heck of a win right there. Thirty-eight point win. Clearly, Lindenwood is was this was the superior team. To quote Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend, because at half it was a twenty to thirteen game. Okay, now I was in now Missouri Southern. I mentioned in that first episode of the podcast is the Kansas or the Cowboys lost 15 straight games. It was a seven-point game at the half. The only other team that Missouri Southern has been close to is Northeastern State. Northeastern State also is trash, okay? So, the fact that it was a game and the fact here that Missouri Southern and Missouri Southern is terrible, by the way, ran for 231 yards. Now, again, this is where I wish UCO had a run game because if we dare a run game, this is great because if Missouri Southern can run on Lindenwood, I would like to think, I would definitely would like to think that UCO could run on Lindenwood as well. Well, unfortunately for uh, UCO, because the line right now is still not up to up to par, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but one can one can one can hope. But uh, but you know a little bit about Lindenwood. They're one and one on the season. They lost the season opener to Wasburn, uh, twenty-seven to fourteen. Um, you know, their uh, tight end, uh, Eric Henneman, uh, last week against Missouri Southern, broke a 22-year-old single-game record for touchdown catches with uh, with four. Big dude, uh, 6'3", 228 pounds. Apparently, the man man can move. Uh, he finished with uh, eight catches for 74 yards. Um, you know, you see those corners... Haven't looked that hot. Uh, Daniel Daniel Bauman. Uh, again, we have a guy here, 6'2", 6'3". Six foot, six foot, six foot he has all the length that you could ever want at any level, but it doesn't know what he's doing yet. Now, I understand he is a wrestler freshman. I don't know how raw he was when he came, but... He's looked iffy, and then Kobe Underwood again, a solid corner, but at, at then they have him listed at five nine. I'm gonna say five eight. So at five, so at five eight is at disadvantage because you know, I mean, if you're five eight and you're receiving core, you're going up against a six two six three. Unless you have a Nate Robinson type vertical. If you jump and they jump, they're probably going to win the battle. So, which has been his problem because a lot of times, especially against Kearney, you know, they just throw it up on his side of the field. And while he tries his best, he's just he's just outmatched. So, you know, that that's definitely that's something I do, I would like to see how UCO goes about that because again. Kobe Underwood, from a talent standpoint, is probably the best corner on the whole team. Uh, I, I would, I, I, I like to, I have, I like to, to say that. I mean, especially with uh, Stephon Robinson gone now, uh, Kobe is kind of has to be the man. So, um, 
you know, uh, none of none of the uh, other receivers for Lindenwood really get anything. Now, uh, one of them, uh, Najee Jackson, was actually their starting quarterback last uh, last season for him. So uh, and there could be some trick plays there. Uh, you know, uh, you never uh, 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 you never know. But um, Lindenwood uh, in the win rolled up four hundred and. 88 yards, 270 passing yards, 218 rushing, and 29 first downs. So, so this this will, this will be, by all intents and purposes, the first balanced attack that UCL faces this year. The other two have been uh, spread offs and run heavy teams. So I'm curious now. It's going to really test the test test secondary here because you know it won't just be run 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 run. Now I'm sure Lindenwood dominating the uh, line of line of scrimmage now that yeah they're going to run 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 because who wouldn't run 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 if you're winning the battle of fun unless you're the Dallas Cowboys uh, but um the, the quarterback uh, for Lindenwood Cade Brister was 20 of 33 for 212 yards and 3 touchdowns now the man can run too he had 11 carries for, for 68 yards so um, you should definitely have to keep an eye uh, on him uh, I don't know if they're going to have to necessarily have a spy on him or how they're going to defend that but uh, they definitely are going to have have, have to keep keep on him um i saw i saw now lindenwood now i don't know if, they, if this was due to the to the blowout in this in the second half but they had three running backs uh that played uh the main one was normal sutherland had 14 carries for uh, 87 yards, 6.6.2 yards carry. Uh, only 5,173. I don't know how often, how many carries he can take. So um, that that'll be interesting to see. Uh, another one, Ethan. Uh, I hope I hope I don't butcher this man's name too bad. Stackowitz. I had 11 carries for for, for 56 yards, five I got for to carry. He's six foot two oh five, and then finally Cameron Sanders, six carries for 31 yards and two touchdowns of five yards to carry. It's six two two oh eight. So uh, they got three running backs here, like UCO uh, that they might you know uh, that that they might use. Um, their three backs, though, seem to definitely, from a production standpoint, be better than UCO's. Now, again, as I mentioned, UCO has a heck of a backfield, but uh, unfortunately, it's not able to show to show that because of the line right now. Um, and then, uh, why did I mention? You know, you have you have the uh, tight end, you have Nazi Jackson, 6'2", 203 pounds, the former quarterback. And then Rose Payton, who had four catches for 47 yards, he's six foot 180. So again, uh, if you're Kobe Underwood right now, the, the size is not in your favor here because you're going to be tasked, I would assume, with covering one of those two on every play. And, you know, you just, it's just, I don't know, man. It's, it, it's tough for Kobe because... Again, Kobe is the best corner on the team. A very solid corner, technically sound corner, is there. He's in the right spot, but just at the end of the day, his size, his size just hurts him. And, you know, there's not much you can really do about that. Um, 
Now, defensively for Lindenwood, uh, even as a back, because I could not, I could not find him, he was a corner of safety. But Darius Williams, uh, 6 six two, one eighty eight, had fifteen tackles. Now, you know, that's that's pretty good size right there. Now, I, I, I'm assuming he's a safety because I don't know many corners that record 15 tackles uh, in, in, a, in a game, but if that's the case, uh, you know, with, 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 with that kind of, that kind of, that kind of length right there, um, you know, uh, if they're gonna, if they're gonna, you know, um, decide to double team Elliot Curry, I would assume he'd be the one, the man you, you, you would put over top because uh, that, that's, that's, uh, that's gonna be a challenge right there, and and then uh, and then uh, and then up front, you know, I, I mentioned uh, the impact that Carson Smith, uh, you know, has half UCO. Well, Lindenwood has a guy, David Knox, who had nine tackles, uh, 313 pounds. So that's a whole other beef right now. Uh, because, you know that that that's a whole lot of beef. For UCO, for a line that has struggled mightily in the in the past two games, because uh, you know they're going to have to double team him. I I I would hope um, UCO is not going to call themselves trying to play Mr. Knox one on one because I don't think that 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 will end well. Now they're going to have to uh, double team him. Well, Lindenwood has two solid ends here, and Tanner uh, Sabota, uh, 6'4", 238 pounds, that had six tackles and a half sack, and Arsante Connors, who had five tackles and one sack, that is 6'2", 253. So Lindenwood here on the, on the defensive line are uh, definitely has some size, which again does not bode well for UCO. Now I'm not calling UCO's line, you know, small, but UCO's line again against Pitt State, you know, a lighter, a lighter front uh, was not pretty. Now Kearney did have a bigger front. Now I don't know if Kearney's front is on the same level as Pitt State's front, but you know. Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be a tough game in the trenches here, offensively for UCO. Now, again, as I mentioned, you, I mentioned before, the Missouri Southern ran for 231 yards. Now, if Missouri Southern can run the ball, and Missouri Southern was shut out by Kearney, and their season opener for, for, uh, f- um, 45 to nothing, I would like to think if Missouri Southern could run the ball in Lindenwood, hopefully UCO could run the ball in Lindenwood. Now, I don't know. I have not seen Missouri Southern play. Now, Missouri Southern did um, get shut out in the second half. They won at nothing. But, again, it just, it's like going off of just what I have what I have gathered. If UCO's line can just open some holes, because I'm telling you, Bruce White, Clay McKenzie, and Justin Curry, if he can if he can hold on to the, the ball because he had a critical fumble uh down down in the goal line uh in that in that Curry loss. If 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 they if they can get going, uh I like to think that they have a chance because then they're not putting all the pressure on Keats 
to um, dig you out of uh, out, uh, uh, out of uh, uh, out of hole now. You know, I, I, I give you some credit here for at least trying to establish the one game against Curly. Now, it, it fell miserably, as, as, as you, you've seen, but I, I also think UCO's got to do a better job of missing up the play calling because against Curly, it seemed like every first down was going to be a run. And it, it, it reminded me of the Josh Hypo era at OU where you could count on every first down was a handoff up the middle. And as for reminding me of, and you have to have some variety because the few times where the Broncos, where, you, where, where UCO did pass the ball on first down, they have some pretty good success. So uh, you know, I'm, I would like to, I'm, I'm hoping here that um, that they, they come out there and and realize that you know, hey, if the gun game isn't working, go to the air. Now I understand, you know, why they ran the ball. They wanted to try to keep to keep the uh, defense honest. Uh, you know, which is which is which is great because you, because you want to try to keep a balanced attack, um, and uh, hopefully they can do that. Um, you know, so I, I I think the keys the the the, the keys to the to the game for UCL offensively going to be winning the battle front. Uh, I think that's the key to, add to any game you'll ever play in the sport of football. You have to win the battle up front. It's critical that UCO win this battle up front. It's clear to me that Missouri Southern did that did that in the first half, and that and that is why they were in that uh, in that game. So if UCO can do that, can do that for four quarters here, and can get a, and can get and can, can get a decent ground game going. Uh, then I would like to think that. Um, Offensively, they should be fine because then you have balance. Defensively, for UCO, number one is coming out there with that fire and and, and, and intensity that that you had against Pitt State. Because if you can recapture that same fire and 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 uh, emotion and intensity, and you're flying around 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 the field there, Linden would would have a hard time moving the ball. You know, uh, the, the, I mean, to, to me, uh, defense to me is a mindset. I, I think if you look down at Norman, you can see a change last year, just from, like, just from the way that OU that that the OU's defense is playing right now. They 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 seem confident. They they they, they seem, you know, they 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 seem confident in, in what they're what they what they're doing. They they're they're playing with much more pride, much more emotion, which I can't say I saw it in the past couple of seasons. And so it's imperative that UCO do what they did, came out the way they did against Pitt State. Uh and then you know, a third key to the game will be whoever starts uh, as strong safety for Derek Loxton. Uh, you know, I'm, again, I said earlier, I would like to think it would be Addison Staggs. I'm not entirely sure about that. But if it is Addison Staggs, now I've never seen Addison Staggs play personally. Well, but what I've heard is that Addison Staggs uh, is, a, is a solid player. Now, I don't know how fast he is, but I, I heard that he is a sound tackler and likes to bring the wood. So, if that's the case, that is great because hard hard hitters, you know, great. They 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 can affect an offense uh, in a lot of ways. 
And and finally, another key to the game will really be the mental state of the team. Now, anytime you have a teammate suffer a, a catastrophic injury, such as the one that Derek Lawson had, uh, you know, I feel like it can either go two ways. I feel like one, it, it can it can it can galvanize you. You want to go out there and you want to, you know, kind of kind of how how Maryland did against Texas, where they where there was no way that they weren't going to win that game for their for their teammate. Now, that's what I hope happens here. I I I I hope UCO will gather that, put all the emotion, anger. Take it on the field and beat it into Lindenwood. That 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 would be ideal. Or it could go completely the other way, where they're not mentally ready to come out there and lay an egg against Lindenwood. And now you're 0-3 heading into Northwest Missouri State, and uh, you know. I mean, it's not as if UCO is going to compete for the MIA title this year. Let's just be honest. It's not going to happen. Okay? At this point, you would say a ball is probably out of the picture, especially if they lose Lindenwood. Because you can't you can't afford in the MIA to lose more than three or four games and hope to get a ball. Bit. And then the odds of them winning out again as it was last season... It's possible, but I, I I don't I don't know. So to me, Lindenwood is a must-win game because you you run the danger of falling 0-3, and then when Missouri State comes, you're 0-4, and then 0-4. You know I, I don't know. I mean I was looking at at the schedule the the uh the the, the other day after the current game, and the only for sure winnable game that I, I mean that I, I'm confident that I could pick and tell you. UCO would but will win would be Missouri Southern and Northeastern State. Well, I definitely don't want a two and nine season. I don't I want it at all. Now, if we could if UCO could get the four, four and seven, five and six, that I would take because you know you knew going in with the with the amount of talent and experience lost, it was definitely going to be a step back. Then now Again, you're sitting here at 0-2. Now, I'm sure more everybody thought they'd be just like Lindenwood right now at 1-1. One one. Okay, now, again, that has not been been the case. Now, the thing is here, last year, UCL started off 1-3. Simil- in, in, in similar fashion, had three to losses in a row. But they also had leadership and experience and players like Chad Stallard and, and Josh Crockett and Jake Leeper who had been there before. So to them, they, they, you know, they, they, they knew that they could still achieve their goals. With a young team, I don't know if you can say that because a lot of these dudes offensively, especially a quarterback in the, in the skill positions, have not. So you don't know how they're going to react because they have not seen... This this type of um, oh, what's one looking for here? This type of uh, trial and tribulation yet. They 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 have not faced this kind of this kind of adversity yet. And so it's all going to depend on how they do it. And now on top of the 0-2 start, you know now you have a fallen teammate here that you know this playing career is done, and you're gonna have to. And how they're gonna deal with that, and, and, and how they're gonna how are they gonna go into going how they're gonna come out, and how are they going to play, and that that that's all that's all that's going to me. It's going to determine. Yeah, I've talked to you 
on and on about what they got to do. But at the end of the day, they're not mentally ready to play this game. They're not going to win this game. It's just it's just that simple. And you, you can you can look at the Kearney game and see defensively, they were not mentally ready to come up there and win the game. And it, it, it showed. And they cannot afford that against Lindenwood because again, Linden, I don't want to say if they, if they lose Lindenwood, the season's done. But if they beat Lindenwood, that is a much-needed conference booster right there. It's not about it. I mean, winning definitely helps raise his confidence, and 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 and, and, and you know that that would go a long way. I know for Keith right there, because you know that's finally a, a, a win for you as a starting quarterback. You know, you you, you get to have that. Um, so you know, uh, and uh, I, I just you know I'm, I'm hoping for the best. You know, um, I'm, I'm I'm hoping for a win against Lindenwood. Uh, you know, I, I'm cautiously optimistic again that if UCO can put it together, uh, that Lindenwood would be in for a long game uh, like they were last uh, uh, last season when UCO beat them, beat them pretty handily. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that game. I believe it is a, uh, is it a 6 o'clock kickoff. So you some kickoff in Lindenwood. Uh, so, um, definitely looking forward to that. So, uh, that's, that's, that, that's probably going to do it for, for this week's uh, Cho Show podcast. Uh, next week, again, we will break down uh, the Lindenwood game and preview the North, Northwest Missouri State game. Now, that is a game. Uh, weather and illness bearing, I intend to be there. So, we will have quotes actual quotes uh, from head coach Nick Bobeck hopefully after that game so definitely looking looking forward to that I'm looking forward to getting back up in that in that press box there and um, seeing them seeing them live uh, I, have not, I have not done that yet this season so I'm not looking forward to that so uh, anyways that's going to do it uh, my name is JP Smooth thank you for listening and I'll talk to you all later